Happy Tuesday. Welcome to this week's episode. We're going to be talking about the millennial golfer and what we need to do as an industry to attract them to the golf course. I've got a guest on today who is a millennial and a social media marketer for a couple golf courses up in New York State. And we're going to talk a little bit about the things that you can do to connect with this group of golfers. Here's the intro. This is the Find the Green podcast with your host, PGA Master Professional, Jason Rockhold. The intro sounds a little bit more peppy now, doesn't it? For those of you that listen every week, you can tell we've got a brand new intro. We've got a brand new outro as well. Courtesy of my really good friend Diesel at 106.5 The End here in Charlotte. He was able to help me out and put together a really great little piece. And I appreciate it so much. I can't wait to find some time that we can both get out, play a little bit on the golf course, and have a good time. So thank you again, Diesel. And now, into the show. All right. Today we're going to talk about how we can get a little bit more participation from that 22 to 37 year old age group which is called the millennials you know we as a industry have done almost everything that we can in their beginning developmental stages to deter them from the golf course things like not allowing them to play golf on the golf course until wednesday from 1 to 115 kind of like that caddyshack pool incident when they were allowed to come out and swim one time for 15 minutes. A lot of golf courses that really pushed juniors away at that age group. And in addition to that, we've also built some really difficult golf courses that juniors really weren't running out to play. They were expensive. So having a kid come out and play a $100 golf course was a little excessive for something that the kid wasn't having any fun doing because the golf course is too tough. So we've got a lot of hurdles that we have to overcome to try to get this group of people to come back to the golf course. How we can do that is through just talking with them and finding out what we need to do as a golf course to make that connection finally, as opposed to when we used to do it at a younger age and they just grew into the game. Now we've got people that are in that 37 to 22 year old age group, the millennials that we have to figure out now at this point in their life, what we need to do to get them to come and play the game. Now, we're lucky that we do have some that did make it through that barrier that actually were able to play on those difficult courses or got lucky enough to be around a golf course that was junior friendly. One of those people is our guest today, Cody Lessler. He runs a digital marketing agency in upstate New York. He's 22, MBA candidate. And after spending a couple hours talking with him, he's got a really good perspective on what we need to do as an industry to start moving in the direction of regaining the trust and the interest of people in that age group. So Cody, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Jason. Well, you know, I've got a lot of questions for you. We've got such a small amount of time to be able to do it in, but 
I guess I wanted to know how you got started in playing the game. Okay, so this is going way back. I was about 10 years old, I'd say, just going to the driving range with my father. He is an avid golfer. He probably plays at least three times a week, and it's his passion. He's tried to pass that down to me. So from 10 years old, I was basically learning how to swing the club. I didn't get on a golf course until I was about 15 years old, I'd say. And then from 15 to 22, I just gradually played more and more. Now I'm at the point, I'm a, I'm a casual golfer. I try to get out on the course at least once a week, if not once every two weeks. Um, and I'm still in my development stage. Like I'm, I'm not a not a scratch golfer, but I'm working on my game a little bit and just trying to grow. Well, it's great. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that the, the golfing bug has bitten you and, you know, you've come to be a, a big part of the game uh, by growing the game. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But, you know, what... Uh, what are some things, and I know we've talked about some of your friends and we've kind of talked about some different people in your age group that you've talked to about some of these questions. And what do you think drives them to the golf course? Do you think it's like friends or is it the sport itself? Um, you know, the beverage cart girl, I don't know. Um, what, what do you think um, drives them to the golf course? Yeah, so I asked this question to a few of my friends when you gave this to me. And I have to agree, too, with them. Uh, basically, the answers were kind of fit, split 50-50. They all have that connection with their father. That they, they were brought into the game that way. And I feel like that's that's how it goes for most people. So about half the times that I play, I, I do play with my father. Um, and and it's, a, it's a bonding experience for both of us to play. And then the other half, I'm obviously with my friends. Um, and generally... It's a, it's a it's a social aspect. I, I like to get out. It's it's not something that I, I strive for to get the competitiveness. It's more of a leisure activity for me, and I feel that that's the way it is with my friends as well. Um, it, just to get away from the nine to five life, a, a golf course is a way to disconnect from your phone, from all the distractions of the everyday life. Um, really engage in nature and and play a great sport. Well, yeah, it's, it's great, and it, it that's one of the biggest things that I've noticed with. A lot of golf course instructors is they they focus a lot on really trying to get the skill of the game down um do you guys play in tournaments the people that you've talked to um do they play in tournaments and what kind of tournaments do they play in and and why i guess okay so yeah i've played in a couple tournaments I, i really hope to get into more in the future my friends are are very active in tournaments. They, they love doing it. It brings a different kind of nature to the game. It, it takes it from a, maybe going out and having a foursome and, and, and playing with the people competitively within your group to a, a large social aspect where you're playing with other people that you may know. Um, it's a drinking activity, and it, and it brings a new competitive nature to the game. If you're playing a, a best ball tournament and you're seeing the people ahead of you, you're really trying to catch up to them and see how they're doing and it, it brings a different nature to the game, and I, and I really love that competitive sport. All right, so so basically what you're saying is the social aspect seems to be the major draw to, to golf. Do you think that sounds right? Yeah, I, I do. I don't see myself as a competitive player. I utilize golf as a way to get away. Um, I enjoy time with my family and my friends. It brings us a, a sport environment where I can have fun socially but not be too competitive. I, I really like that aspect of golf. Well, and that's something that I've, I've really noticed with a lot of golf instructors that are out there. They tend to be more focused on the actual physical 
betterment of the golfer as opposed to the experience of being there and potentially getting them a little bit better. One of the things that I've done in the past, I designed a program called Beers and Birdies. And what we did was we would have a hour, happy hour before they actually practiced. And then we would go and we would have them go to the driving range and do some teaching on the driving range after they've loosened up, if you will. Is that something that that seems interesting or potentially more of a draw? Yeah, definitely. And, and it's funny you say that because if you were to tell me that you had a, just a lesson plan for that, I really wouldn't be interested as a, as a casual golfer. I don't think I would pay to, to have lessons just straightforward. Um, I, I don't feel a draw to that, that I, I need to do that for myself to, to get better and improve as a golfer. But when you add in the social aspect of it, that really makes it very marketable for me. I think that right. just bringing something like here, here you go, you can have beers while you, while you golf and learn, that makes it more appealing to me rather than just having the, the regular um, lessons at, at, a, at a driving range. No, I understand that completely. And, you know, I started doing this uh, probably four or five years ago, maybe even a little more. But I noticed that we found such a huge involvement of people that have never played golf before because they just wanted to come out for the networking aspect of it. And then they kind of started to learn a little bit about the game. And it was all fun. And and next thing you know, they're coming out every Sunday with their friends playing golf. It's, it's kind of a a crazy way how you can develop those golfers through just developing those social relationships. Yeah, I definitely agree. Getting people to the same golf course and, and giving them those social memories attaches them to that. And that's, that's a very important keeping a brand within the golf course. It, it keeps people attached. And when, when someone thinks about where they want to play, they remember those times that they had at that golf course, drinking beers with their friends and, and learning how to play the game. Right, right. Absolutely. Well, and I guess, you know, one of the, the major things, and kind of, we'll kind of shift this a little bit more towards the business side. We're kind of going there anyway, but of the research that you've done, what do you feel the millennial group is looking for, where they're looking for information about the golf courses? Yeah, so when, when I'm typically searching for a place to play, uh, other than going with my father, because he always gets the pick, of course. I don't get to say <laughs> on that side. <laughs> So when I'm playing with my friends, uh, I, I usually start on, either on Google or I start with a course that I, that I personally know and have a experience playing with. Um, but, if I, but if I'm looking to play somewhere new, I, I always start on Google. Um, I, I search golf courses in my area. So that's, a, that's an important place for golf courses to be on is, is to be listed well on Google and have their business kept up on Google. Right. And aside from that, I also use third-party apps to, to look for tee times because as a 22-year-old millennial, I, I'm not that financially stable where I can go and spend $50 on a, a round of golf. I'm looking for a great deal. Absolutely. So whatever course can provide a great deal for me at the time being, that's suitable to the to the party that I'm going with and the tea time that I need is going to be a place that I go with. Um, I don't necessarily look for the most challenging or the most well-kept course. Golf for me is just a leisure activity. And no matter where I play, I, I'm going to have fun, I feel like. So the course is, is very a very small factor in the decision-making process for me. Okay. So how do you feel like just from a social marketing standpoint, how do you feel most millennials would be able to connect to a golf course? So like I said, Google, obviously first and foremost, but Google is its own little 
niche of, of social media. Um, once you have Google down pat, that leaves the actual social medias, the, the Instagrams, the Facebook, Snapchats, LinkedIn, etc. Um, but for, for millennials, it's a very, very broad range. When you say that millennials are typically 22 to, to uh, 37 years old right. and they're not, they're not in the same age bracket when it comes to consumer behavior on social media. If I were to pick, I would have to at least divide that in half, maybe people from 22 to 30 and then people from 30 right. to 37. Um, they're generally not using social media in the same way. If I were to take a 37-year-old or a 35-year-old, I wouldn't want to market to them on Instagram. Facebook is the general platform where all those people are. It's because they grew up with that. Instagram is slightly new. That's why my generation is focused on Instagram. But for people in that older range, you really want to focus on Facebook um, using specialized posts targeted to them. If you're running Facebook ads, you want to keep it in that generalized age range so it's targeted to them. And when you keep curate your content, you want to make sure it's curated to people of that age range as well. And then for people my age, the 22 to 30 year old, we are on Facebook and, and I'm not going to say that we're not. We all have Facebook, but the fact is that we don't use it as much as we're using Snapchat and Instagram. Um, but Instagram is definitely the most compact social media when it comes to advertising to people of our age. It is owned by Facebook and it has similar qualities to Facebook, but the general people that are on that Instagram and on that platform of Instagram is people my age. So for a golf course to utilize and try to reach people my age, they really need to be on Instagram and really need to be thinking about how they can curate content in a manner that's not directly marketing to to our generation because we don't want to see a business advertising on Instagram. We want to have a social feed on our Instagram. We're not looking to follow businesses. We don't want to see that. But on the other end of things, if a business can curate content that is not directly marketing or directly advertising and something appealing and it's something that we enjoy, it is able to connect us with our golfers and draw our attention to that as well. Well, and I've noticed that there's a lot of uh, social media gurus that talk about, you know, having a, a stencil of golf course photos of like a golf ball or something like that. Do you feel that that connects them to the golf course more or less? Or do you think that it should be more targeted to photos that are derived from that golf course? Um, yeah, I think the stencil is, is definitely, you should use it, but you should also be very broad with how you use your content. You shouldn't stick to one way, um, getting as much things out there. Everyone's going to look on a golf course page and see a picture of a golf ball. But it's, it's how do you utilize that con that content in a creative manner that really draws people it's, people's attention. Um, if, if you look on a golf course website and if you Google 10 golf courses, you're probably going to see the same picture over and over again. But if you're going to go on a golf course website and see a very creative picture that no one's done before, it's really going to draw your attention. And you can utilize that the same exact way on Instagram and Facebook where you're thinking of a creative way to to engage someone and, and drop your, your discount on golf prices this week. Um, say, I don't know, there's, there's endless ways to do it. You just got to be really creative in how you do it. Well, there was one thing that I had saw that you had done and I'd really like for you to talk a little bit about it because it, it's really great marketing. Um, you really stay abreast of all the changes and the updates that are happening on these platforms. And I noticed that, you know, the background that you have for your Facebook pages, they turned into video. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so so when you click on a Facebook page, you're you're met with the the social profile picture and you're met with a header picture. Now Facebook just came out with a update within the past year 
Um, and, I, and I really don't see many businesses using this and I really think it's a great opportunity to utilize your golf course imagery and videos. Um, and they allow you to, to place a header video right on the Facebook page. So as soon as someone clicks on my golf course's Facebook page, they're met with a video that goes across the whole golf course. We have drone videos, we have regular videos, it shows our bar, our restaurant, and without even anyone having to scroll down our page, they already have a complete understanding if they stay there for 10 seconds and watch that video of what our golf course is about. They see the beauty of the golf course, they see the outline, what we have to offer in the restaurant, and I think that's a great opportunity for golf courses to utilize. And if they're not doing it, they need to learn how to do it now. Absolutely, I agree 100%. I think that that is one of the biggest banner spots that you have. And if you can utilize that through a video and show different aspects of that golf course, it truly allows that person to do literally nothing other than click on your page, but see almost everything that you're about in 10 seconds, 15 seconds. It's an amazing, amazing thing. And, and I really appreciate you bringing that up with us. Cody, thanks for being on the show. Well, thanks for having me, Jason. Okay, is there anything that you want to uh, say before we go, Cody? Yeah, just reach out to me. If you guys have any questions about marketing, social media, uh, online advertising, Google, anything you possibly think of, I would love to answer any of your questions. Just feel free to reach out. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on the show, and uh, we look forward to having you back uh, sometime in the future. All right, thank you. All right, that's the end of the show. I just want to thank Cody for coming out. I also want to thank Diesel for what you are about to hear. And I just want you to really understand that social media marketing and millennial marketing, there's two very different groups that are there. Technology grows really fast. So if you're going to try to reach them on social media, try to figure out what kind of platform they grew up with so that it can make the most sense to them because they stay on it. The older ones in that millennial group are going to definitely be in that Facebook range and the younger ones more in that Instagram and Snapchat range. Instagram seems to be the best place at this point. As Cody pointed out, there's a lot of opportunity there that we are definitely needing to capitalize on to connect to this group. So if you have any questions, contact me or Cody. Either one of us will definitely follow up with you. And uh, have a great week. Thanks for listening to this week's Find the Green podcast with PGA Master Professional Jason Rockhold. Hit subscribe now to get the latest Find the Green podcast with new episodes uploaded every week. Email your questions and comments to jrockhold at pga.com or reach out on your favorite social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Find the Green.